It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Coming to you live today from Studio 31 here at City National Arena. And you can feel the buzz in the building already just from the optional morning skate earlier today that it's game day. Stormy Bonantoni and Derek England with you for the next hour here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Getting you set for game two of this semifinal series between the Golden Knights and Montreal Canadiens. I mean, Derek, were you a guy that took the option today? Would you practice? What would you have done? Uh, probably took the option. Early in my career, I would have skated for sure. Um... But as I got older, you know, the rest rest is a weapon, as they always say. So I would have probably taken it off for sure. I remember Nick Holden saying that in a, a press conference not too long ago. And he, like, looked deep into the camera, rest is a weapon, like that. Um, but uh, you know what it's like to, to be in this room this time of year. What's kind of the feel just day-to-day -day generally right now for everybody? Yeah, I think excitement, you know, um, being able to play in front of this crowd uh, at home here. That's a whole new ball game in itself. And... Um, you know, I think f from day one, they've always preached, you know, one game at a time. And I think they're doing the same thing. Um, you go back to Colorado down two nothing, still being in the rink. They, they were having fun and, and knew it was just, uh, the next game mentality. And, uh, you know, they come out and win that series, uh, with four games in a row winning and it's no difference now. So they're, they're taking it one game at a time, I think, and, uh, doing well with it. I think, too, there is a little bit of a looseness with this group. Like, you have the quiet confidence and obviously the work ethic, execution, all of these things that have to come in. But these are a bunch of guys that are having fun, whether it's messing with each other in press conferences, on the ice, uh, at morning skates, whatever it is. There's a fun looseness about this group, too. Yeah, if you're, you know, I think if you're having fun, it transfers over to your game. You know, if you're miserable and uh, unhappy, it's it's going to show out on the ice. And, um, you know, it's you, you got Flower. He's always joking around. Doesn't matter what's uh, what time of day it is or anything like that. So, he, you know, other guys feed off it. You have Marchie, who's uh, extremely loud, I guess you could say. And, uh, you, you know, guys feed off that stuff. And uh, it brings energy and uh, a good time in the locker room. Pete DeBoer has called Jonathan Marcheseau both um, a pit bull and a chihuahua over the last month. So, like, is there a dog comparison that you can give Johnny Marchie? Yeah, it would be uh, definitely a chihuahua, just a little, <laughs> little, little guys. But, uh, yeah, no, he definitely, uh, for a smaller guy, he plays a big game. And, um, you know, it's showing here he's getting rewarded. He's going to the net. He's going to the hard areas and uh, being playing physical and, um, y you know, he's getting rewarded uh, with his play. 100%. Don't tell him he's a small guy because he plays big. And uh, before we kind of look forward to game two tonight against Montreal, let's do a little bit of a look back at game one, a 4-1 win for the Golden Knights. And to me, just when you look generally at the game at the end of it, it maybe wasn't the best game for the Golden Knights overall. There's room for improvement. But what does it say about this team that for a game that maybe wasn't their best, they do come out with that type of a win? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the first period, Flower keeps him in it, uh, keeps uh, the puck out of the net and does what he's been doing all year long. And, um, you know, sometimes guys aren't going to feel it. Uh, you know, the top line was... Uh, not their normal self, but uh, then Tuck's line, Tucky, Wazi, and uh, Yanmark, they, they, I thought there was the best best line uh, for the whole night, and and uh, they, they played well. So it's that depth that everyone's been talking about that Vegas has, and, um, you know, if someone's not doing it, someone else is picking up the slack. Can you talk about that combination of guys on the third line and how maybe Matthias Yanmark just has, has made them that much better with his with, with whatever it is from him? Yeah, I think um, they've been playing great. Uh, they're playing smart. They're getting pucks in, getting it deep. They're getting it back. Um, 
you know, you have Tucky out there. He's going to create uh, so much just with his size and speed that um, the other guys are they're gelling more. You know, at the beginning when the Yanmark first came here, it was maybe a little feeling out process, but I thought within a couple games they they hit their stride. Speaking to a feeling out process, that's something that in post game after game one, we heard from a lot of the guys, whether it was just talking about the first period or the game as a whole. It's the first time you've played somebody outside of the division in such a long time that you do have to kind of get a gauge in person on the ice that you can't get from video. Um, what what did you see from the feeling out process from the Golden Knights? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, seeing how Montreal's played uh, the last four years here, they come out hard. They uh, forecheck hard. They put every puck in, and it was no different. So they they came out. Uh, I think put their game plan on display, and uh, the Knights held on. Uh, and then as the game went on, I thought they got a little better, and uh, you know, kind of took it to them. They they had some great great uh, great plays uh, that ended up in the back of the net, and um, it's not easy to score on uh, Carey Price. No, not one bit. And, you know, first time for the Golden Knights, seeing seeing new faces, seeing new uniforms. And even uh, I kind of joked with Mark Stone after the game, it seemed like everybody was a little caught off guard just hearing the Canadian national anthem because they haven't all year. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, you, you get it here and there during a regular season. And, uh, you know, they haven't had it all season. So it's, uh, you know, a little different. But, uh, you know, it's good to see. It. It's good to get those uh, other teams uh, playing each other now. One thing that was a little different, too, in this series um, compared to the Colorado one was that the Golden Knights scored first and ended up leading the game wire to wire. They never trailed, whereas against the Avs, at some point in every single game of that series, the Golden Knights had to come back from at least something. Like, they were trailing at some point in every one of those games. How does that play in the Golden Knights' favor? And, like, why is that something that's important for them moving forward to get on the board first and force a team like Montreal to chase a little bit? Yeah, I think uh, the further you make it in playoffs, the harder it's going to get. And um, you never want to be behind, especially against a team. Yeah, that like, wasn't the game plan. It yeah, just happened. <laughs> against a team like Colorado. And, uh, you know, you got to give uh, your hats off to, to Vegas for being able to answer back when being down numerous times. And, um, you know, I think uh, you've seen it all season long. Like, it didn't matter. You could be down one goal, two goals. And, just something, uh, you know, the big stone patch. It seemed like they were always involved. Carlson's line. Um, there was that uh, never fear type attitude, and they'd come out in the third and get get it going for them. Well, I look to that even within this game when Cole Caulfield scores, Matthias Yenmark ends up getting that goal. I want to say it was 53 seconds later. So even though it wasn't a trailing to tie or to lead situation, it was another one of those quick responses from the Golden Knights, and they've done that continuously this year. Yeah, they, Minnesota, you know, they scored, uh, I forget what game it was, but Marchie came back, I think, 18 seconds later and scores. And um, there's no better time to score answer back than uh, within a minute. Uh, you know, you take that energy that the other team just creates and kind of squash it a little bit. How cool was that for, I mean, obviously Montreal did not get the win, but for Cole Caulfield to score his first career postseason goal and to have his family in the house there for him yeah it's uh, it's a special moment you know um i can remember my first game my parents weren't there it was a long ways for him but um to have your family in here and then get your first goal it's uh it's gonna be a memorable game memorable game for him do you remember your first playoff goal I don't even know if I have a playoff have goal. <laughs> I'd have to look at the stats. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of goals. I should remember them all, but uh, I remember my first goal, but I, I don't know if I ever had a playoff goal. 
That's a good question. I'll have to look that up. Well, let's hear your first goal story then. I would love that. Uh, Pittsburgh against Tampa Bay. I think Mike Smith was in that uh assisted on by Crosby and Kunitz and Ooh, I, I know that that's because not bad. no I got they, <laughs> they signed their sticks for me after the game so uh that, won't forget that one very cool no love that story so yeah congrats to Cole Caulfield glad that he ultimately did not get the win in that game sorry but very very cool for him and his family especially since he is American to be able to have his family in the building is really cool um in terms of the response from Montreal tonight what do you expect how do you expect the Canadians to counter I think they're going to come out um better than they did last game they you know that's been Montreal's thing for the last however many years they they come out hard and um you know you you got to weather the storm and push back but uh, I expect them to come out uh you know you notice it last game that they're finishing all their checks especially on you know our D D men that play big minutes so they're going to come out and try to execute the game plan and um maybe help Bryce out a little more we talked about it a little bit before we got on air, but the environment here at T-Mobile Arena for the Montreal Canadiens, they haven't played in a packed house like that in, I can't even tell you how long it's been. So um, since before the pandemic, because they got their capacity up to 3,500 people now, which is really exciting for them. But still, it's nothing compared to the 18,000 plus that you have here at T-Mobile. What kind of a burst do you think the, those first eight minutes of last game had for them? Yeah, it would have been uh, almost like a shock to the system. You know, you haven't uh, played in front of fans. And, you know, guys in Montreal, that building is one of the best, too, in the league. Um, it's uh, it's electric. There, I think it holds 21,000. So can you imagine T-Mobile with 3,000 more fans? And it uh, would would be nuts. So um, I'm, I'm sure it was a little bit of a shock, but I'm sure it was nice for them to see uh, people in the seats. Well, and now I imagine they're probably a little bit more used to it, too. So you get that burst of adrenaline night one playing in that building, but now you're used to it, and you can probably figure out how to communicate a little bit better, too. Is that a big portion of it at all? Yeah, I would, I would say, you know, just getting used to it and uh, getting back. You know, it's it's hyped up. It's the third round of playoffs, so you're going to have a little bit of the jitters. Uh, they got a young team, a lot of young guys over there, so... Um, you know, I'm, I'm expecting they're going to they're gonna put uh, their best game out tonight. And some potential, too, for them to maybe get a few people back. Not sure if it'll be in the lineup today or maybe next game, but interim head coach uh, Dominic Ducharme said Jeff Petrie, Jake Evans, John Merrill, who you know very well, um, all game-time decisions tonight. And some of the Montreal beat writers said that Evans stayed on the ice um, after skate with some of the extras today, which typically means that they're not going to be in the lineup. But Petrie did, too, doing some one-on-one -on -one drills, just trying to see if that right hand could take physical contact. Um, what's the influence, if any of those guys, particularly Petrie, are able to get into the lineup? Yeah, Petrie, he's been, uh, you know, one of their better Ds all for how many years now? So to get a guy like that back is going to be a huge impact for them. Uh, he logs big minutes, plays against top guys, and uh, he's he's got that offensive ability. Uh, on the power play and uh, and even strength so he'd be a big boost i'm sure you know after the hit in the winnipeg series just even seeing evans back out there probably is great to see and and a boost for their team and you know johnny merrill he's he's a, he's a great guy he's uh you know he's a battler and um even him getting him in the lineup a uh, little more veteran presence uh instead of maybe the younger guys i know it's hard to look back a little bit but what was your just initial reaction from the evans hit when you saw it Oh, I thought it was maybe a little unnecessary. Um, you know, I think um, if you're going to try to stop a goal, you're going to stick on puck first, and that's the only thing. If, if he maybe if he hits him, but he's going to stick on puck, 
he's trying to prevent it, but uh, I didn't see any stick on puck. So it's, you know, in my opinion, he's going just uh, t- t- to finish his check. Yeah, that's what, and that's what he tried to say as well. But it's it is just such a tough balance being in the heat of the moment and you know all you're trying to do is do your job yeah they had that scrum earlier so I don't think he was happy from that so that doesn't help the situation at all one other guy um just injury wise their captain Shea Weber has been dealing with something with his hand or arm and in the third period you saw him struggling a little bit late but I love this quote from Elliot Friedman who said um he had a bad thumb was noticeably uncomfortable Monday but of course no one would be surprised if he were to cut it off put it in an ice bag and reattach it later like how tough is that guy yeah he's uh that he's a specimen that's for sure <laughs> I've met him a few times and uh he, you know he's one of those ultimate leaders you know he, he leads by example on the ice and uh, he's a guy that uh you know I think if you play play with him you're gonna go to battle with him and, and sacrifice yourself just like he does uh, on a nightly basis no question we'll have uh, plenty more talking about the matchup tonight in game two between the Montreal Canadiens and your Vegas Golden Knights. We'll go into some defense and goaltending talk coming up in just a minute, but before we go to break, a quick word from Rock Creek Cattle Company. It's a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. This 28,000 acre cattle ranch has something for everybody. It's got a world-class golf course, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and so much more. We know you love the bright lights here in Vegas, but you can escape for a little bit and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now if you've been at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. We'll be right back on Nighttime at Noon. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ooh, that's a song to rejoin with. Like that? Yeah, Are you bopping your head? I haven't, uh, I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> Well, we're looking ahead to game two tonight between the Golden Knights and Montreal Canadiens. And remember, Golden Knights fans, VGK Authentics is the official home for all game-used Vegas Golden Knights merchandise. You can get game-used pucks, game-worn jerseys, so much more. Owning a piece of your favorite Golden Knights player has never been so easy. Check out all the great items on VGK Authentics by visiting VegasTeamStore.com. And Vegas tonight, Derek can match its longest winning streak in the postseason with six and become the lone franchise to reach that mark twice in its first four seasons. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge. You want to win as much much as you can uh, in a row in, in playoffs. It, uh, you know, four in a row against Colorado is a, a feat in itself, I guess, but uh, to win... St- hopefully six tonight uh it's a it's another huge milestone yeah it's interesting the only other franchises with a run of six or more games in a playoff year in its first four seasons blues in 1969 oilers in 1983 so especially for a young franchise that's not something that happens and the last team to have consecutive postseason runs of this long or longer were the kings from 2014 uh, from 2012 to 14 um so it's it's very rare i don't think that golden knights fans necessarily understand how good they have it and how unique this team and franchise has been yeah no it's uh to win in the playoffs is tough uh to do it twice in a row to, so to be able to hopefully ring off two six game winning streaks in uh, in four years is uh you know it's like you said it's unheard of and Alec Martinez was on that LA team which is kind of my very not subtle at all segue for us to talk a little bit of Golden Knights D here um which obviously you're very familiar with um that was maybe in game one the best collective showing from Golden Knights D whether it was defensively and offensively I felt like I had seen three of the four goals for Vegas came from the back end yeah you know with the guys that got back there the offensive outburst I guess isn't as um to me isn't as uh 
big as the defensive display they've been putting on and um last last game block shots um you know limiting the shots on flower and um, you go back to colorado i don't know what game it was um game four maybe it was you know they're they're winning and they're giving up five shots in the second period and four in the third um to a extremely offensive team so it's uh hats off to them they're they're going back getting pucks breaking it out clean and um they're limiting the shot opportunities I don't even look at the standings anymore in terms of block shots because I just know Alec Martinez is going to lead, whether it was in the regular season or in the postseason now. You just know that he's light years above whoever that next guy is. Yeah, he's, uh, you, you know, you watch him play, he's uh, the heart and soul back there, I think. Uh, you know, him, uh, a guy like Braden McNabb as well, but uh, Marty's been lights out all season blocking. He sacrifices body uh seems every shift something's hitting them if it's uh, not a body it's a puck and um, you know he just battles through that stuff so to see that I think guys definitely feed off that and he had a big goal of course um, in game one and I feel like that spot has just become his bread and butter and everybody knows that it's going to be coming from there but he still finds a way to get it through yeah his offensive output this year has been phenomenal you know like you said big goal and team needs a big goal he's he's answering it or you know you go back uh the, the cross seam pass when he looks like he's going to shoot passes over to Carlson and um, you know his offensive abilities uh, you know it's it's great and maybe goes a little unnoticed with uh, his block shots and defensive play. How much has he like how much has I guess the Golden Knights as a team helped him have just like a resurgence for his career because obviously LA was kind of trailing off and I think that he got kind of lumped in with a lot of that and it's been almost like a breath of fresh air him coming to Vegas. Yeah I think some guys um, you know they've been in one organization for a long time and you know it's never easy to as an older guy to go through a rebuild or you know starting out not starting over but uh, you know starting that next uh, group of guys coming up and um, sometime a fresh start uh, really helps helps a guy and yeah it's uh, definitely ignited his game a lot and speaking of thinking that you're going to shoot Shea Theodore's uh, assist to Alec Martinez's goal one of those moments where you think he's going to go he hears Alec Martinez yelling for it and just sends it over there what about their relationship because you were obviously here uh, in the locker room when Alec Martinez joined the team and it feels like the connection that him and Shea have had just from day one has continued to soar yeah no Theo's a special player he's uh, extremely gifted and um, to make that play, there's not many guys that are gonna give pass up that shot to to hit another guy. So um, for him to see that and slide it over right in his wheelhouse is huge. And um, yeah, you mentioned their their thing. You know, when he, Marty got here, it was they were inseparable. It was uh, you know guys chirped him, and you know at times uh, wondering if they're ha having sleepovers and stuff <laughs> and hanging out that much. But uh, no. It, the chemistry those guys have is huge and uh, the friendships and stuff and it, it's great to see uh, transfer out onto the ice. I, I know some guys have said that they call them Brad and Chad just yes. the way they are. Yeah I was trying to think what they were calling I forgot but yeah they were uh, always Brad and Chad. He has uh, Shea now has four points in the last two games eight points this postseason so far finally got that first goal of the playoffs in game one um, and something that Pete DeBoer was talking about him earlier today is that he never cheats defensively to be able to produce on offense that he never you know skirts those responsibilities and that maybe he is an underrated defenseman when it comes to you know the primary responsibility of the job. Yeah definitely I think his game's grown tremendously not only offensively but defensively and 
and like you said he doesn't cheat he's not uh he's not going into a battle thinking how he's going to get out of those like get on the offensive side and that's huge you know he's he's going to get his points because he's that gifted and and that good of a skater and um you know if he can keep the puck out of the net and do that too it's it's a huge asset for him in, in terms of somebody else who's had success the last two games, our guy Nick Holden had two assists all year long in the 17 regular season games he played. Now two goals and five assists um, in the 11 games he's played this postseason. Goals in back-to-back games. The first player in Golden Knights history on the back end to score in consecutive games, which is to, mind-boggling to me. Yeah, no, especially playing with him, chirping about his shot, being so so weak all the time. You know, <laughs> uh, we had a good battle on, in in practice and stuff. But uh, no, it's great to see. You know, he he's in the locker room. He's the, you know one of the top guys to be around in the locker room, no matter if he's playing or not. And and uh, you know he's getting rewarded for being that uh, great guy. He's a great player and. Um, you know, to get two goals in a back-to-back playoff games is is awesome. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can uh, keep that streak going. And specifically just for the year that he's had for him to be rewarded in this way. I mean, shows that the work that he put in and the way that he handled himself just as a professional behind the scenes is paying off for him now, right? Yeah, you, you got to think so. He's, you know, with the whole cap situation and with the flat cap and not moving it, uh Teams had to figure out ways to to get around that, and him not playing, um, y- you know, it's it's got to be hard. It, it is hard. I I've gone through that, and um, you know, he's a guy that has a great head on his shoulder. Always works hard, no matter if he's playing or not, and he's always got your back. So to see him get rewarded is awesome. Stormy Bonantoni and Derek England here with you on nighttime at noon, talking about the Golden Knights defenseman. And while Alex Petrangelo didn't get on the board last game. Uh, I mean, he's night in and night out this postseason seems to be still the most effective defenseman out there. And it's almost weird to think about that even when the point production isn't there, that he's still standing out in so many ways. Seven shots on goal last game. Yeah, he's um, the more you watch him, the more he's all over the ice. He's um, in on every play, every every breakout. He's up in the play and, um, you know, he's he's playing well defensively. He's, he's gifted at going back and getting pucks out of his own zone um you know sometimes by himself so um he's uh he's fun to watch and uh he's you know the points aren't there but he's he's still gonna get him he's gonna get his points uh whenever it is but uh you know i think his first goal is probably keeping the puck out of his net and and he knows the team will do the rest those last two guys we talked about very different playoff facial hair that they've got going right now which one do you like better Oh, Holden's is embarrassing. <gasps> no, so, no. <laughs> he actually reminds me for a him. little bit of Doc Holiday off of uh, Wyatt um, Tombstone, a little bit with the uh, mustache and the I don't even know what you call the thing underneath your lip. So it's uh, yeah, it, uh, he called it a flavor saver. Flavor saver, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it looks good on him. That's the one I vote. He said that he's jealous, though. He can't grow one like yours. Can't grow one like Alex Petrangelo. So he's just trying to make his own thing work. Hey, to be able to pull that off is pretty special. Beard, if you grow a beard, it's everyday thing. Everyone grows a beard now, but to, to have that, it's, uh, it's, it's spectacular. Yeah, I've been working on mine also. Um, it's not really coming in very well. It's worse than Nick Holden's, actually. <laughs> I like I like Holdies, though. I yeah. think it worked, and it's been working for him yeah, on the ice, so that's what matters. Um, before we head to break here, I feel like we haven't given enough justice to the goalie conversation because in order for your defense to look good, you have to have a pretty good uh, guy in the net as well. Mark andre Fleury and Carey Price, is this one of the best goaltending matchups that you could see in the postseason? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Flowers been lights out all year. He's, you know, I think he's a big reason why we're we're in the third round and and uh, been what we're playing for the President's Trophy all year. And um, you know, then you look at Carey Price. He, you know, I think he was battling injuries this year and stuff, but he looks like he's back to form uh, in playoffs. He made some huge saves. It could have been uh, more than four-one, I thought, but. Um, you know, it's a goaltender battle that uh, you want at this time of year. It's uh, two elite goalies, and they have been for years. I feel like at times um, when I just think about if there were just normal people in net for that, it could have been, you know, 7-5 or whatever just because both of them had been so outstanding at certain moments. Like that stop on Mark Stone that Carey Price had was ridiculous. Yeah, no, they're 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 doing exactly what you want your goalie to do is give you a chance to win every single night and they're both doing that they're they're making those big key saves at key times and um you know it it you see that and you see a guy like flowery so so upbeat and everything and uh you know you're blocking shots for him he's screaming at you great job and um you want to you know he makes a big save like that and you want to respond for him what are the types of things that Flower would be screaming? Like he just yells at a great job. Can you yeah, hear him? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You, you hear him for sure. You block a shot and he's screaming, "Great job!" You know, he's he's cheering you on while you're sacrificing your body for him. And um, you know, when he bails you out, when you make a mistake, uh, you got to do the same for him. Price thirty three, Mark Andre Fleury thirty six years old, and he has the second lowest goals against average of any goalie ever, thirty six or older, in a playoff run going at least this deep. The only other time is Hashik in oh seven with Detroit. So pretty pretty cool to see that Flowers a guy that has seemingly gotten better with age. That he even talks about certain um, if he doesn't make a stop, how that would have affected him in his younger days versus how he's able to just move on to the next play now. Like, how has he gotten better from just your time being around him? Yeah, I think, you know, he's so competitive. Um, you watch him in practice and he, he gets scored on and he's not the happiest guy out there after that. So, um, you know, I think he he's, he's competitiveness. Uh, he wants to get better even at 36 and um, it's showing. He's, he's playing – unbelievable it's he's so fun to watch you know and um you just you hope the best for him he's um he's the ultimate competitor and ultimate team guy yeah zach whitecloud said in his availability today that flower might be the most competitive person that he's ever been around is he competitive in everything uh yeah i think so yeah you know i went vacation and it was uh, me and him playing soccer on the beach against his wife and uh, the kids and you know we had to win at the end it came down to the last goal but w we pulled it out wow that's yeah. big did yeah. you get like chirping rights after that oh yeah you gotta chirp you it doesn't matter what you gotta, <laughs> gotta show the kids you know <laughs> show them who's boss yeah. yeah hall of fame goalie it's fine we yeah. beat him in soccer on the beach exactly <laughs> that's what i'm talking about well, when we come back here on nighttime at noon we'll go around the league talk about the other series that's going on right now between the tampa bay lightning and islanders also um a former head coach that the golden knights fans will know very well has a new job with the new york rangers we'll talk about all that when we come back Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
And it's game day. Game two between the Golden Knights and Canadians later on today, 6 p.m. Pacific time, puck drop. You can watch on the television broadcast on NBC or listen to your guys Dan Duva and Gary Lawless right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, and Bill and Carol Foley created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of life's greatest passions. World-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. As a member of the society, you can have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the globe. The Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things. Join for free today by visiting FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com. And Derek, every time I do that read, I just think of the dad's trip last year and going down to Sonoma. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a good time. Uh, you know, the dads get to see the hockey all the time, but they don't get to see that side. So to be able to take them down to wine country, my dad had never been there. And um you know, I think they had a good time, I <laughs> guess I could say. Had a couple wines. Do you have a favorite wine that you had down there that you remember? Um, I, I, I liked well, the Chalk Hill Chardonnay. I thought that one was good. I'm more the red. The Chalk Hill's okay. good. Um, Are you a Pinot Noir or a Cab no, guy? No, I'm more the Cab guy. So I like the Cab. The I don't know. I'm all by the... <laughs> By a few glasses in it, it's all tasting the same. So. Um, <laughs> but no, it's re really good wine, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was a lot of fun. And I guess I should stop talking about wine because I do have a job to do. Um, if we go around the league here, obviously, Golden Knights and Canadians on one end, and then you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Islanders on the other end. Tampa Bay wins at home last night to now tie the series at one game apiece. What have you just thought of the look of both of those teams so far? Yeah, they've been playing great hockey. You know, you expect uh, – Tampa Bay is coming off winning last year, and uh, you, you want you expect them to want to repeat and and defend the the cup. But um, you know that Islanders team has uh, played a lot of good hockey. They're uh, very well coached. Uh, um, they play a good defensive game, so it's it's a battle out there. And uh, you know, going back to Nassau, it's a it's a crazy building to play in. Yeah, can we talk about that environment for a second? Because like everything that I see on social media or in the games that I've watched in that building, like they're going wild constantly. Yeah, it's uh, I played there against uh, us uh, Pittsburgh against them, and it was it was one of the better atmospheres I've played in. So, uh, the playoff hockey there is. Uh, it's definitely exciting, and it's a, it's a loud building to, to go into. Well, that's where the series is headed tomorrow. As I said, they split in Tampa Bay for the first two games, and you kind of expected the Lightning to bounce back in the second game. I was looking this up. They haven't dropped consecutive postseason games since the first round in 2019 when they were out early. 12-0 um, and 0, dating back to game four of that series, and it's the longest run in NHL history. So ever since then, this team has figured it out. Yeah, that, you know, I think they – getting swept uh, I think it was that year when they lost in 19 to Columbus um, they definitely have uh, probably used that a little bit to the, to them and uh, they've been able to bounce back they're an extremely uh, elite team in this league and um, that's what uh, great teams do Nikita Kucherov with three assists last game on goals by Braden Point, Palat and Hedman and he leads the league this postseason in points with 22 just can you say enough things about how effective he is when he's on? Yeah, he's uh, he he's unbelievable. He's you know he takes the whole I guess rest is a weapon. He took, <laughs> you know we take, love that take the whole uh, whole season off and to come back and uh, not miss a beat is pretty spectacular. 
Yeah, I come back. I love that. Just rest is a weapon. Come back fresh. Because that's always the question, right? Is kind of like the rest being a positive or the rust being a negative. And for him, I mean, we've seen the results, obviously. Yeah, it's it's got to be a long season no matter what if you're coming back from an injury and not playing at all. And, you know, it sucks missing a couple games, let alone the whole season. So to be able to stay focused and, and come right in and uh, – lead the league in points in in the playoffs is uh you know that's that's tough to do you know obviously when you're on the team you can't get too ahead of yourselves but we're just here talking is there one of those teams that you think that the golden knights if they were to advance to the cup final would match up better against or is it just uh, kind of a lose lose when yeah, you get to that point here I, I think uh either team they're they're both you know they were both there last year the same same conference final so um they're both elite teams, and uh, they're both going to have their, their, their difficulties. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fun either way. How unique is that, that three of the final four are the same? The only outlier is Montreal in for Dallas, essentially, this season. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's, uh, you look at uh, the, the Knights, you, you go to the finals, and you're trying to improve your team every year and, and get back there. And for three teams to do it, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. And, I mean, you talk about a gold, a Tampa Bay team, rather, that's looking to repeat. They got that taste in their mouth, and now they're hungry. It's kind of on the complete opposite end of that, I feel like you have a Golden Knights team that got there in 2018, maybe has some unfinished, biz- unfinished business from the guys that are still carried over, plus the core group of players in the bubble last season that got so close and ultimately didn't get there. So I feel like there's – there's a lot of, of hunger coming from any direction that you come from, especially like the Islanders as well, a team that hasn't been there for a long time, and Montreal, of course, hungry for all of Canada at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, any time you can get to the Final Four, it's a, it's an amazing feat, and, um, you know, you got four teams that are going to go to war just to try to get to the lo- those last two spots. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about something Pete DeBoer said in his availability earlier today, because as we reference year one, of course, he was not the head coach at the time. And uh, he was asked earlier today just to talk about his journey with the Golden Knights and reflecting kind of on how he got here. And he also talked a little bit about Gerard Glant and his new gig with the New York Rangers just signed a four-year deal. So I just, I'm not going to re- paraphrase it. I'm just going to let you guys listen to it because it was a really interesting perspective. You know, I don't stop to think about it, but I, I get reminded about it uh, every day. I can't tell you how many people I run into in Vegas here who, you know, have, have told me the the love-hate relationship they've had with me in the last 12 months. So, um, you know, I, I think as a coach, I said this, you know, I, I had a great run in San Jose with a great group of men. We had a lot of fun, won a lot of playoff games. Uh, when I got the call from Kelly McCrimmon to take this job, was I surprised because of the rivalry and what had gone on? Yes, but, you know, was there any hesitation when he offered me the job? Not, not even a second. I think I, think I said I, I'd walk here to take this job because I recognized uh, from the other bench the uh, quality of this group and, and how good a team this was. Um, you know, we sign up for this as coaches. You know, I'm real happy for Turk getting the Ranger opportunity. He deserves it. Uh, I think it's a great fit for him. And, um, you know, that, that that's what we sign up for. And unfortunately, in this business, you know, we, uh, I think out of the four major sports, we, we, we have the shortest shelf life of, of any of the, of the coaches uh, in those, in those other leagues. So, um, you know, we sign up for that and, uh, 
you just come in and put your head down and do the best job you can every day. Thought that was kind of a classy nod there from Pete, just to reference, you know, a well-deserved opportunity for Turk. Yeah, I think it's it's hockey in general. You know, you you uh, you know you fight a guy and you go to the box, and most of the time you're just like uh, Pete said, it's that's what they sign up for, and it's no different as a hockey guy, and and you respect your opponents uh, no matter what. So uh, it's definitely uh, a, a classy classy thing, and. Uh, you know, Turk is going into a, I think, a great situation for him. The way he coaches and and the group, uh, the young group they have there, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch them next year. Didn't know we had to have you on delay here. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so, sorry about that. You're good. No, one of the things though that I that I took out of that too was he Pete mentioned the love hate relationship that he's had when he just meets different fans or people around the city and Jonathan Marcheseau in a recent interview with Emily Kaplan on ESPN.com talked about how when Pete first came in and with the attachment that so many people had to Gerard Gallant that it felt like this is the worst possible option to come in because everybody uh, you know hates the Sharks you guys have this crazy rivalry and then he's turned out to be you know an incredible thing for the group and um, everybody loves playing for Pete DeBoer now but at the time like the with the emotions so fresh how just jarring it was not only from the fan base but internally too yeah definitely like uh, we were in Ottawa when we all found out and um, we found out Pete was coming and it was like whoa that's that's a that's a weird one to come in but at the end of the day, you got to look what uh, they feel is the best fit for the team and who's out there. You, you know, there's a lot of great coaches around the league, but they're they're got jobs. So um, you look what you have, and and uh, I thought they made a great decision uh, bringing in Pete. He's done a great job with the team, and and like he said, you're just happy that Turk got that job, and uh, he's going to go in there and I think could do some good things. Yeah, good for good for Turk. He obviously had a great run with Team Canada this. Um, what was that, like just a couple weeks ago that they ended up winning that championship and obviously carrying it over into a really good opportunity for him. And um, it's funny that you mentioned that changeover happening in Ottawa because that was obviously Mark Stone's return and a big win there. And I talked to Ryan Reeves after the game because, um, you know, we all know the <laughs> the feelings that Ryan, that Ryan Reeves could have for Pete DeVore and Pete DeVore for Ryan Reeves at the time. And he said, yeah, he, the team let me give him the puck after the game. I offered him a hug, but he didn't want one. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's one of those things. It's, <laughs> Yeah, you know, most of the time you battle on the ice or, or the coaches and stuff. And uh, like you said, after the game, you're going to go out with that person, have a beer or, or whatever. So there's a great deal of respect in the game and um, it's no different for them. You know that better than anyone, right? You get in a fight and then just go get a beer down the street later. Oh, yeah. Me and Revo fought three times. And, um, you know, he always, I think, got the upper hand for sure at the end. We Same fights every time it seemed like. But, uh, no, we'd, we'd uh, go in the box and see how the family's doing and uh, just how the season's going, stuff like that. Just waste five minutes, get a little breather, and uh, we'd go back out and battle some more. How long does the dynamic change take to happen when you go from being like opponents to teammates and friends? Because I even look at Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty who hated each other's guts back when it was Ottawa and Montreal. Yeah, it's. I think it's different for me and Revo. It was we we had a great deal of respect for one another. We were doing it because that was our job when we fought, and that's part of our game and how we got there. So um, there's a great deal of respect. There was never ever any bad blood, but we were doing it for the team, and um, you know. So I was excited when he came here. I didn't have to fight him again. <laughs> 
Pete DeBoer's second game with the Golden Knights, by the way, was against Montreal, who the Golden Knights will be facing tonight in Game 2 at 6 p.m. Pacific time. When we come back here on Nighttime at Noon, we're taking some of your questions from Twitter. So if you have any last-minute ones, get in there right now using the hashtag Nighttime at Noon. We will be right back. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. We are wrapping things up here on Nighttime at Noon as the Golden Knights get set for Game 2 against the Montreal Canadiens. VGK lead the series 1-0 to start things off. And, hey, remember, with a big game tonight, you got to get geared up. And for exclusive Vegas Golden Knights gear, visit one of the Golden Knights' official team store locations. Here, where we're broadcasting today, the Arsenal at City National Arena, the Armory located at T-Mobile Arena, or, of course, at VegasTeamStore.com today. And we are taking some questions here to close things out. Derek England and Stormy Bond and Tony with you. Um, he's Derek, you know, yeah. the man who needs no introduction oh, in the city I don't of know Vegas. About that. I just didn't want to confuse anybody that, you know, thinking I was Derek. Hopefully they don't confuse that. <laughs> Question number one, very important one. Okay. Whose car commercial is better, yours or Alex Petrangelo's? Oh, <laughs> I, I would have to say Cash's commercial yes. because he's completely stole my thunder in commercials so uh it's his commercial now so um i'm just part of it he i will say good for cash he is a star yeah he uh you should have seen him there he was asking them should i try this should i do this instead and, and they're directing me and he's asking them if he should change stuff up so it was uh i thought he was going to get all shy and stuff and he was uh completely into it do we have a future actor on our oh, hands oh you never here? know maybe Okay. All right. Maybe yeah. we'll see if we can get him in a remake of the Harry Potter series. Hey, he would love that. He would love that. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking in the break about um, mine and Cash's mutual love of Harry Potter. So there you go. Uh, second question here, I guess a more slightly more serious one. Uh, it's 115 degrees out here in Vegas right now. How does that? How do the ice conditions hold up? I mean, you've played on the T-Mobile Arena ice numerous, numerous times. How does it hold up for you? Um, well, just watching the games now, I think it's been holding up extremely well. Um, you go back to year one and against Washington when it was hot, and they were coming out. Uh, it seemed like every time out to fill holes and 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 freeze the ice and stuff like that. So I think the the ice crew has been doing a tremendous job with it, especially how hot it is. Yeah, I will say like the, the ice crew at T-Mobile Arena is outstanding, and I mean just with how hot it is, I can't get over it. Darren Millard said that a big part of it too, which is interesting that I didn't realize. I mean, I know my name is Stormy, but I'm not a weatherman. I don't know these things. Um, apparently humidity plays a role in it. And since it's a dry heat here in Vegas, it doesn't affect it as much. So learn new things every day. Um, also, this is just my own random question because we, of course, saw the married couple that came into T-Mobile Arena, uh, Alicia and Amar. Congratulations to the two of you. So glad that you celebrated at T-Mobile Arena. But I'm curious your feelings on like marriages and proposals at sporting events or around sporting events because there is the risk of potentially the team you're rooting for losing that game and you have this like lifelong memory that is surrounded by. I actually never thought of it that way. Um you know, but I've 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 heard stories like you know like the couple has met at a game, so they go back and do it at the game again. So, um, you know, I think if you're not superstitious, it might work out all right. But if you're extremely superstitious, it might uh, might not be a good thing if your team loses and you uh, you do it at the game. That's all I'm saying. And like hockey fans, we know everybody's got their superstitions, right? Oh yeah, you see see people doing the same thing if you're even 
players to fans to everyone they're doing the same thing if you win so it's uh it's a different breed do you get more nerves now um watching the games or when you're playing because i was talking to kelly mccrimmon the other day and he said when you're a coach or a player you're actively involved in the outcome of the game so like you have to kind of put the nerves away but in his position it's like you're being a fan now and you're like riding the wave of the emotions of the game is that how you feel yeah a little bit uh and then you throw in the fact that uh, you're sitting up high and the game I, i'd be Sidney crosby if i was playing from up there you know it's <laughs> it's uh it's a lot easier from up there i i think and um you know that's it's a lot different uh, than being in the in the game but yeah it's definitely more nerve-wracking sitting there not being able to have any effect on the outcome Alyssa Ann on Twitter said, has the energy of the fan base gotten any bigger since you were playing with the team, do you feel like, with the return of fans? And also, what's been the best prank pulled? Yeah, I think the energy in the building is every game gets better um, throughout this playoffs. And I think not having fans all season long, um, they came back extra energized, I guess you could say, because it's uh, it's been electric in there. And every game, it seems to get louder and louder. Stephanie asks, how many goals from D-men do we expect tonight, and will Montreal adjust to keep better coverage on our D? Yeah, I'm sure they're going to make adjustments uh, for the entire game, but um, hopefully the D can keep it rolling. But uh, on the flip side, hopefully the forwards can get get a few more looks as well. What are, I guess, if you had like some final keys to the night for the Golden Knights tonight, what would they be? Uh, they got to come out. The start is going to be huge. I think uh, Montreal is going to come out uh, flying like they normally do, but uh, even better. So I think uh, if we can weather that storm and, and push back, that'll be a huge, huge. It, it's almost got to be just a weird feeling for Montreal after having won so many games and leading consistently for all of those games to actually trail and not come up on the winning end too. Yeah, that's that first goal is going to be huge both ways. So um, we were talking about it earlier. If the If the Knights can come out and get that and – you know, you want to put uh, as much doubt in the opponent's head as you can, and uh, scoring first is definitely going to plant a little bit of doubt in their mind. And the VGK typically do a pretty good job of playing within their game and trying to force the opponent to adjust to them. But in terms of just adjustments from Montreal overall, what are some of the big things that you think they've identified to try to improve? Yeah, de- definitely limiting the time that the D-men have. They, they had a lot, uh, lot more time. Uh, making the plays, obviously getting rewarded with three goals. Um, they're going to – I noticed that they were keying in on our defense with uh, the physicality, and I, I expect that to continue. Um, you know, our D has been doing a great job in all ends of the ice, and uh, that's going to be a f- focus for them, I'm sure. This is a question from the Golden Knights. What sport would you like to see Darren Millard and Shane Knighty go one-on-one in? Jeez, that's a, um, that's a, it's a big one. one. That is a big one. Um, I don't know. I said axe throwing. Axe throwing. I was going to say just like to water polo or something. <laughs> Can they, if they could swim, let's see how, <laughs> that might be a good one. Like that's a lot of treading. Well, I don't know how those guys. So you know how in water polo, like people like scratch and claw underwater and you know you get nasty like who do you think would be the aggressor in that situation it'd be shane right but i don't know darren's kind of like he's swimming it's a whole different i don't know who's a better swimmer man i don't know either these are these are the questions we get answered for you on nighttime at noon we will find out get back to you on this one 
Derek, this was fun. Thanks for doing this. This is my first time thanks getting to do me. this with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I mean, you're the co-host as well. Uh, we did this together. Really good stuff. Uh, fun show on Nighttime at Noon. The big game two coming up tonight for the Golden Knights against the Montreal Canadiens. They won game one for one. What kind of a show can they put on today? Make sure you tune back in tomorrow for the recap of game two with Shane Knighty, who we'll see if he's a good swimmer, and Brian McCormick. So uh, make sure if you want to watch the game tonight, you tune in on NBC or listen right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. That's all for Derek England and Stormy Bonantoni on Nighttime at Noon.